Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom shakalaka. You wanted to come with it, done it, we got it with punishment. Nuggets is covered, and but they hear what we come to win. Others in love with the drug, and this family is running it. Long as the public is coming, then we keep them loving it. Alex Derrickson, and joined this week by Tim Daniel. Yeah! Holy Jesus, I was not expecting that. Everyone is deaf. Thank you for joining us this week. <laughs> My bad. But also joining us this week. It is all three of us because we are rounding out the team with none other than Mr. Sean Mackey. Yeah! God Stop! Stop yelling! <laughs> I hate it. Y'all a bunch of yell babies. Wait, but, so like when you record, when you go back and like download this episode and you see the sound waves, that one spot is going to be super funny. I know, it probably clips and it's going to sound even more atrocious. <laughs> it's going to just sound like somebody's fucking a horse. But this is 48 Minutes. It does post each and every week. It is a basketball podcast, contrary to what people may have assumed last week with it being a pizza p- podcast, or this week, which Pizzacast. apparently is a bestiality podcast. I don't know why I made that reference earlier. That's but weird. it does post yeah, each and weird. every week on, I know, on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And if you like what you hear and you would like to hear with your eyes, you can go to 48minutesnetwork.com. Check out all of the goodies and fun stuff we have waiting for you there. <clears throat> so before we get in, uh, we're not going to go on like a pizza tirade or anything, but it's good to have you guys here. It's nice for it to be the three of us for the first time. I know, time. man. We're just going through so many life changes right now. It's crazy. I, I know. It's nuts. I mean, I'm I'm getting ready to, to disappear again into the into the father-bearing darkness. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, God knows when I'll be back from that. Tim, you're you just purchased a nice little nice little plot of land with uh with some bricks and well some hopefully we sure. haven't signed the deal yet right I don't want to you know get too ahead of ourselves we're gonna have to like tweet about it on Friday like bad news everybody concerning Tim's deal <laughs> oh my gosh Dude, this we is regret um, to inform you this is like the Alex Rodriguez to the Red Sox trade is how frustrating this is. Well, see, I don't get that because this is a basketball podcast. Yeah, well, last week you spent it talking pizza, so. That was fine. I was angry. <laughs> yeah. Um, that You know, the home buying process, it's like I told you, like, in text yesterday. It is um, It is like when you play Roller Coaster Tycoon, and you build this amazing roller coaster with hoops and, like, crazy hills, and then you forget to put the ending in there, so your car just flies off the top. That's what it is, because you have so many highs, so many lows, so many twists and turns, and then you just end up sad at the end. <laughs> that's like I mean it could also double for like a roller coaster that's just too short that's super enjoyable I mean would you do yeah. it would, not saying that you have to but would you do it again no it's awful man low so when it's done I'm gonna be really excited you know it's been a crazy process thank god for my family they've been amazing through it all um but it's so difficult because uh, in my case, you know, the first place that I really agreed to, I fell in love with it. It was a beautiful house. It's an older home, um, not too far away from you guys, you know. So if we wanted to get, we wanted to do podcasts, obviously. 
and then the person pulled it after they verbally agreed. Son of a bitch. Yeah, so that's tough, man. Um, if you're listening, I want you to turn your stereo up as loud as you can because I hope you're driving. And I want you to just close your eyes and let Jesus take the wheel. And I want you to think about what Tim, what you did to Tim as your car goes careening. Off that, I don't want to wish that on anybody. But No. No, but, you know, that's... Uh, Real nice. <laughs> that is, yeah, that is unfortunate. That is unfortunate. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, that that's unfortunate that that, that happened. But you found, you found a place, though. For now, yeah. So I'm really excited about it. Um, it's a really nice area. You know, it's a good, it's a good spot of town in, in uh, the Independence area. For those who are local, know what I'm talking about. Those who are not, it's a town in Kentucky. So, um... I'm excited. I'm, uh, I'm hoping everything goes through. So we'll see what happens, man. I, I can't wait to have my my spot. It's gonna be fun. Have a nice little. You're gonna have sexy dance parties. Um. Dress up like a sailor. So let's talk basketball, and then I'll let you know. <laughs> All right. Well, but, we... but I I need to know about the sailor parties right now. <laughs> I need to know how to proceed with my plans. If there's gonna be sailor parties with Tim wearing sailor hats and sailor do, pants, do we, do we need to get the costume tailored? Is really just what we're of asking. Of course we do. Yeah, and then um, so actually we'll have a Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy party. Um, Great. You guys are more than welcome to join in. I don't care who you are. Okay. So, um, I can't. Oh god, I can't remember the villain's name now. Oh, I can't like, either. Doesn't like being tickled. I don't That's know. That's true. Yeah. That's all I remember. So the anyway. Or- I'll just go as the Orb of Confusion. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. That's totally yes. fine. Well, we had some breaking news just before we went live. So by the time you hear this, it's going to be older news. But it's new news to us. The Spurs have shut down Kawhi Leonard indefinitely. So chances are, could be season ending, could come back for the playoffs, could be back in three weeks. We don't know. That's kind of what indefinitely means. Uh, so the Spurs have done, for the most part, well without him. I mean, they haven't really had him much this year. I think we said earlier, 28 games? Or has he missed 28 He's games? He's missed about 28. Missed 28 games. So they've had him for less than 28. Uh, so I don't think, I mean, eh, it sucks. So he's he's played in 17 games. Okay. So he's made, he's at, played at seventeen, and yeah, and they're and they're number three in their division still. So yeah, I mean, or their Sp- conference. Spurs are gonna Spurs. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. It's just it's unfortunate to see because Kawhi Leonard's kind of that you know perennial MVP candidate, all uh, multi-time All Star. Could I? You could always make the argument that he could run away with Defensive Player of the Year at any season. Uh, it's just it sucks to see, especially with him being younger and kind of starting to deal with injuries now, and kind of it feels too early for him to be hampered with injuries, have an injury prone season. But uh, no one, I shouldn't say no one, very few players, especially of his caliber, get away without at least having one in their career. Uh, so you're 100 percent right there. I think you know one. This points that Zaza Pachulia is a jerk. Zaza. <laughs> he didn't do anything to his shoulder. 
that's Alex. That, that's what this is, right? This time it's a shoulder thing. Yeah, but who cares? This is this is this is just a, a long-standing uh, mutiny of Golden State from from Tim. <laughs> that's all this is. Yep. This is this is a slander case. Mm-hmm. Go Bulls tonight. Yep. And 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 I agree with you tonight, but come on, Tim. I know. I just I just had to blame somebody. Um, but yeah, it does suck. Obviously, like you said, I still believe Kawhi at 100 percent is the second best player in the league. I love Kevin Durant. I love James Harden, but Kawhi is outstanding. Uh, he's a great. He's the best two way player in the game. Jimmy Butler, I think, is a close player, a close two way player as well. But um, it sucks for sure. But you, like you said, Alex, the Spurs are going to spur. Lamarcus Aldridge has filled that role really well. He's finally having a really. He's finally fitting into San Antonio. Finally. Um, and they're still a team that can make a move. You know, they very well still could go out there and get a guy to fill that spot for a little while. Uh, you know, like you said, indefinitely is a good question. There's, I would not be surprised if he's back St. Patrick's Day, get him in gear for the playoffs. That's the Popovich thing to do. Um, I think that'd be great. You know, as, as long as Kawhi Leonard gets his legs underneath him before the playoffs, if he can, in fact, play this year, I think they're fine. And it, it's the fact that you can, you can, it sucks. And it doesn't. Obviously, not ha- having Kawhi healthy on your team helps you far more than it does, you know, not having him. But you can kind of gauge the Spurs' sense of panic or lack thereof based on the fact that they're just like, yeah, he shut down indefinitely. We're we're still third in the division. Like we're fine. We'll we'll make a do without them because I mean Popovich is like lord of the adjustment. But Truth to that, it's it's a thing where I don't think the Spurs are worried. I don't think they're really concerned. I think they're thinking long-term health, postseason health, if necessary. Uh, I like I've 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 beat this drum. I think since we've started this show, the Spurs and more teams are starting to kind of fall in line with this. The Spurs don't care about the regular season. They care enough to get into the playoffs, get a good spot. I mean, you don't want to come in like sixth or something like that, but kind of work your way into the top four and just. Do you handle your business in the playoffs, and because that's that's where the meat of the season really comes into, and that's where like everything really matters. Uh, so I don't think the Spurs are too worried. I think if they go the rest of the season without them, it sucks. But I wouldn't say it's like a lost year. It's not like that year that Derrick Rose sat with uh, after he tore his ACL and then missed the whole following season. It's not just like this lost time, but. Uh, they they'll adjust. I think they'll be fine. It just sucks to see. We hope the best for Kawhi's recovery. Uh, I do because I mean, like I fucking love the guy. But uh, I don't know him personally. I guess I more love the idea of him. But uh, yeah, I mean, I just wanted to kind of talk to you guys about that because I just kind of came down the wire. Sean, you didn't really touch on that situation at all, actually. Kawhi, Kawhi getting hurt. Well, I mean, it sucks. <laughs> That's all we this, need. That's really that's that's really all it is. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, you guys have said it all. I mean, they're gonna they're the Spurs are gonna be the Spurs. They will they will tread water. Uh, they will stay in the playoff race. Uh, however, the Timberwolves are are a half game behind them, so I think they will probably overtake them at some point soon. Just because they've been playing the best basketball they've been playing since what two thousand? Oh my God! It's so what year was see. it? What year was what? it? Two thousand one. Two thousand one. That was the yeah. Garnett MVP year. I think. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So I mean, mm. I mean, they're gonna, Love they're it. gonna, they're gonna usurp that. So I think, uh, I think that's gonna be, uh, that's gonna happen. But uh, yeah, I think, I think Kawhi will be back by the end of the season. So 
not to get off topic here because I know we're got, got a lot going on, but for those, yeah, those who are currently not watching, as well, obviously this will be up on Friday, so they're not currently watching. Uh, Jordan Bell, the Golden State Warriors, has hurt 18 seconds of the Bulls Warriors game after Robin Lopez dunked on him. That's wait, like he's hurt or his feelings are hurt because dude, he's laying on the ground. Him. Like, Aww. I'm not yeah. caught. Up, I'm not caught up yet. I'm on. A, I think. I think my feet's slow, so I haven't. I haven't gotten to see what. What at what I mean, point it, in the game if, does this happen? If there's this one is literally thing I, 24 seconds of the game, he's laying on the ground. Oh, I'm. I'm still in the uh, five, four, three, two, one. Clap, 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 clap. Go Bulls! <laughs> Man, if there's one thing I hate watching live on television, it's sports. I'm with you, Sean. <laughs> Oh jeez, but uh, yeah. So that's interesting. So Jordan Bell just just went down. Hopefully that's nothing too severe. Uh, no one, no one's walking away vomiting. So I don't think he broke his leg. Hey, dude, let's leave it. Let, <laughs> come on, really? Spe- spe- you know, oh, come on. Was, you know what? No, you know was, what? That was that was gross. That was it, a gross injury. It was. It was. It was. But you know, speaking of bulls, yes. This this whole yeah. trade for Jimmy Butler is not looking not that bad right now. I mean, I okay. Here's where I stand with it right now before okay. we get into this. Okay. I almost made a comment that if marketing during during the draft during my little tirade with talking about how Bobby Portis is the future and and all this stuff. It was a it was a very spirited tirade. It it was and it almost became very ignorant and almost backfired on me cuz I almost made some sort of like if this trade works out I will eat blank. And I'm glad I didn't do that because as it stands right now, this trade is kind of sort of working out. It's definitely a win-win for now. Yeah. I mean, right now I think they, they're they on pace to finish 41 and 41 uh, just based off like their percentage and everything and where they're sitting so far. Uh, they've beaten teams that are better than them. Uh I mean, I, I think Miami is better than them. I think most of the teams that, I mean, they've beaten very, very good teams. Uh, they beat Toronto. Yeah. And I don't, there's a lot of questions that can be asked. Like how good, I mean, are, does this team just suck at tanking? Uh, is 41, is there, if they go 41 and 41, like say they don't trade Miritich because we can't, as much as he wants out and as much as they probably want to trade him, we we can't guarantee the deal's going to get done. So if they keep going at this pace, is there talent in this draft that warrants them like that deep into the draft, like in the middle, like mid late lottery, like is the talent there that's going to benefit the team uh, by not shooting for a top five pick or are they going to use that to try and or maybe use a trade to leverage to trade up like they did it, it's a lot of questions but the first one I, w- I want to get out there is i think talent wise the the answer is just patently no but is this team better than last year's bulls team from what i have seen um fred hoiberg's offense is an actual offense right now so yes um I think uh, I've probably watched more Bulls games, obviously, than any other season or any other any other you know team this year, and uh, especially the last like ten or fifteen. I've I've haven't I don't think I've missed any the last ten or fifteen games, um, but uh, the way that this is coming together this year is uh, I mean, it it blows last year away 
in in terms of that. I mean, uh, Laurie Markkinen is way better than we thought he was going to be. He might be one of the best shooters I've ever seen, and he's already tied the record for eight three-pointers, uh, most three-pointers uh, by a seven-footer, which is eight. He tied Dirk's record, and then he totally outplayed Porzingis the other night, who is widely believed to be the best you know, European player right now. So, he's great. Uh, Chris Dunn, I'm glad they gave him the keys. I'm glad that, um, I'm glad they gave him the keys, and I'm glad that they're letting him work it out. I mean, he's not a great player by any means, but he's gaining confidence in this time. They're, they're really, uh, they're really, really, you know, letting him just kind of run the offense, and it's, it's working out for him, and I mean, we all thought he was a bust last year, I mean, and he was, he was, he was terrible, he was terrible last year, he was, he was absolutely awful, um, and he came in, he came in being drafted with really high expectations, too, so, uh, you know, the fact that they, they gave up on him, and he is able to find a, a starting spot on a young team, um, you know, I, th- I think he's doing, I think he's doing really well. And I think, I think Hoiberg has confidence in him. And I think Pax has confidence in him right now, just by blind accident with Pax. But, um, you know, and Zach Levine came back uh, a couple games ago and he's been playing very, very well at a high level, uh, for 20 minutes a game. He's just, he's really kind of putting on a show and I don't know what this team can be. I don't know if Miritich gets traded you know, soon. I don't know if he's part of this plan. I love seeing him on the team, too, because him and Markinen closing out games, they look phenomenal. Right. They look just amazing right now. So, I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, I, I think that as time continues to, to move forward, I think this, this, might, this trade might even out. Yeah, uh, I, it's... Oh, go ahead, Tim. Oh, no, I was just gonna kind of further Sean's slot. I think that, yeah, I agree with you, Sean. Um... I agree about Chris Dunn completely. I think that, you know, he was my, you know, we, it's been mentioned quite a few times on our show in our year and a half, almost two we've been doing this, is that he was definitely my draft crush that rookie year um, of the Ben Simmons draft, which don't be wrong, I love Ben Simmons. Um, and, you know, I was really disappointed in his Minnesota season. Uh, but like you said, the cool thing is, you know, that crew right now, the the Hoybergs, the guard packs, they're letting him play through his mistakes, and I think that's a huge thing for a young point guard. Um John, I mean, not that he's going to be John Wall by any means. Don't anyone think I'm saying that? But uh, you heard it here first. Chris Dunn is going to be the next John Wall. <laughs> Wall, I mean, Wall took Wall a little bit to click to where he's at now in his NBA career, and that was a lot of the you know the Wizards letting him play through his mistakes. So um, I'm happy about it. I really like what Zach Levine brings to the team. I don't, you know, he has the potential that as he gets better in this league. To potentially be the face of this franchise, including with Markinen, I think they could be a great duo that you can build your team off of in the future. I think you know Levine's going to be a free agent this year, so I can o- I can only imagine the Bulls are going to want to sign him, and he's going to want to stay there uh, with the money he's going to be able to get offered. Um, so yeah, man, Justin Holiday is a guy Sean didn't mention who's also been really good for them in this stretch. Everything seems to be going well for them right now, and it's crazy because this is the most positive I've been on the Chicago Bulls probably since they were the one seed in the Eastern Conference, and I don't even think they're going to make the playoffs this year. No, it's, I mean, they're, they're what, like uh, six games out of the playoffs, eight games out of the playoffs, something like that right now? Something. It's, uh, I mean, it, it's not looking, it's not, let's see here, they are 16 and a half, uh, actually, they're six games out, 
which isn't, it's not insurmountable at this point, but uh, when you got a team like Miami playing at the level that they're playing at and doing well with a team that really doesn't have a star player, I mean, I mean, I guess you could uh, argue that Hassan Whiteside is, but not really. I mean, they're, they're just really well coached right now. And um, the Bulls are chugging along. I, Justin Holiday's kind of been so-so, man. I'm kind of, I'm on the fence with agreeing with you on that, Tim. I've, I mean, he's, he's part tank commander for this, for this squad, and he's, he's part awesome. So, I mean, some, some nights I, I, I feel like he tries to shoot his way out of things, and, uh, you know, I, same thing with Valentine. They're kind of, like, back and forth with me, but Markinen done, uh, Marketing done, and let, let's not forget about Waba. Yeah, David Waba's been good, and and I'll tell you what, Robin Lopez has been great. He's been a great veteran for this NBA team. He's doing dirty work. I mean, and he you don't ever hear him complaining or anything. He just comes out there, throws up a few. By the way, he has mastered the hobo hook shot. Mastered it, <laughs> hasn't he, he? Though he has. He, I mean, he was throwing up stupid stuff all over Hassan Whiteside on the Martin Luther King Day uh, matinee the other day. Uh, but one thing I will say, uh, Lori Markkinen, uh, I can't say enough good things about this guy. He is so, so good at just shooting right now. He is such a freaking good shooter. Um, but there was a sequence that was that really stood out the other day um, at the end of the game against Miami where he literally, they threw the ball into him, uh, you know, from the other side of the court. He ran the whole length of the court, and it's the end of the game, so it's, we're in the foul time, everyone's trying to foul. And he's got basically two guys hanging off of him, and he is running the ball from one side of the court to the other, and then throws in a a layup, or no, it was a dunk. He, he dunked the ball. And they call the foul. I mean, the guy's fouling him up and down the court the whole time. They don't call the foul until he dunks. He's crazy athletic, like super. He's crazy. Yes. Well, the thing that that stood out so so much about this sequence is like he's such a nerd. Like when he smiles and when he does any kind of <laughs> gestures or anything, and it was funny. It was funny after after he dunks the ball. He's kind of amazed that they waited so long to call the foul until he actually dunked it. And then he just kind of had this, like, really funny smirk. And then he, like, raised his bicep up and pointed at it and, like, smiled like an 18-year-old. And, like, I mean, I was like, I was like, this kid's great. He's like, you know, and he knew that he was getting mugged, like, the whole way down. And he's like, yep, got it. (laughs) So, I... I mean, he's just he's just incredible. So I I have very high hopes for him right now. I mean, he's he's set he's set some high standards already. I just want to go ahead and take this time to remind everybody listening that uh, Gar Foreman and John Paxson do not deserve credit for the Lori Market nope, draft pick. Not one they bit. Did. Zero. None. No. Nope. Nope. They, they did nope. not work him. They did not work him out. They did not invite him to try out for for the combine. Anything like that. There was no marketing on the radar for the Bulls. They uh, they they saw him. They went to nbadraft.net. They didn't even go to Draft Express. They went to <laughs> nbadraft.net and said, "Welp, I think this is who we should pick with this this pick right here." Because well, they said so. Bletcher Report says we should draft marketing. John, do you mean Bleacher Report? Nope. It's got two C's in it. <laughs> And let's go ahead and say that we were wrong, not about marketing, because I think we all believed he was talented. We just didn't want him to be that pick at that time, and we're glad to be right. We're glad to be wrong there, but we were totally yeah. wrong in thinking Malik Monk was going to be better than him. Yeah, and I mean, like I, uh, I want to reiterate: none of us wanted him to be bad. None of us wanted him to fail. 
but just on paper, given what was available to pick and what we knew compared to what clearly we didn't know, Markin was not the guy that we wanted given what the Bulls gave up to get him. Now, makes total sense. Like, you kind of get rid of the Tibbsness of the roster, I guess minus Portis and Miritich at this point. But those really aren't, they don't have that same, like, great right. glamour that, that a Tibbs player has. Uh, was Portis again, a, shout out to Minnesota. I think Portis was, I don't think Portis was a Tibbs player. I think he was I the first Hoiberg pick. Okay, I all these yeah, years he, run. No, Portis, Portis didn't play for Tibbs. Okay, all these years run together. Yeah, they do. I know, I know. So a lot, of, a lot of years of disappointment. The, the main, and, and like the older I get, the smaller a year takes up in the right. slice of my life pie. So it all just kind of like blurs together. So I brought this up. My last thing I want to talk on for okay, if we, you know, obviously if Alex wants to bring the Bulls talk by all means, we'll never be upset about that. Mm. We talked to this in text the other day. Um... I know we are all kind of on the same boat as far as we don't think he fits. Do you think Hoiberg is going to be stuck having to play a campaign to kind of reiterate and like make up for this trade? Um, I think that I think he's going to get minutes. I think they don't have a choice. Do I think he should take minutes away from Grant and done? Not at all. Especially like Sean made the point. Levine's a good point guard also, but I really have this feeling that he's going to get those like Michael Carter Williams minutes from last year. You you give him a shot because. Best case scenario, he makes you better. Worst case scenario, he be, or really best case scenario is he makes you better, and you have to find a spot for him. Worst case scenario, it doesn't work, and you stuff him at the end of the bench, and that weird contract extension or whatever they gave him just is a bust, and it doesn't work, and you try and attach him as like a poison pill to another trade. Uh, I don't see him fitting. I, I think the rotation's starting to get really sound. I think. Hmm, okay. We're going to backtrack a minute. Cameron Payne's play time on this Bulls roster will be solely reflective off any trades or roster moves they make between now and the deadline. If they need to fill in some minutes gaps, like if they have to like <clears throat> give up Miritich and they don't get a lot in return for him, then you're going to have to, you know, kind of adjust, and that's where maybe a guy like Cameron Payne's going to slip into your rotation, maybe towards the end. But if the roster sticks, or if they get a serviceable replacement for Miritich, should Miritich be the player traded, as it's been so often rumored, then I don't think there's a spot for him, and Cameron Payne just kind of has to eat shit this season if he doesn't get lumped into a deal. I think that, I mean, Casey Johnson kind of averted this the other day. The Bulls are basically just looking for a first-round pick for Miritich. I don't think they're looking to really take on any contracts unless they're expiring. So I don't really think that's going to... I mean, in, in, unless they're able to get a first-round pick for him, he's The Pelicans not, just call. I'm like, we'll give you Anthony Davis for no reason. Y- you know what? So hometown guys don't play should. hometown teams anymore. <laughs> no, no, no. Nobody goes, nobody goes hometown anymore. So I, and I nobody think, would uh, make that trade. It sounds like, and it sounds like Miritich. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think that Miritich dislikes playing for this team. I think he he requested that trade after getting his face broken, so which is understandable. I would probably <laughs> do the exact same thing. 
I would probably do the exact same thing. I'd be like, I don't want to play here. It's also super. It's probably super embarrassing for that guy. He got laid out. Yeah, sure. And and it's embarrassing. And you know, but you know what? I will give him credit. He is completely manned up. Went through it, and he's played awesome since he's come back. And that's so. That's another thing we're gonna give Fred Hoiberg credit because this season could have totally been a disaster. No, I mean, but he's finally <laughs> no. He, he finally has a a roster that is running their offense. If you look at the beginning of the season where they were averaging about ninety points a game to like right now, I mean, they have upped the offense the entire season. They're running. They're shooting threes. They're they're you know cutting. I mean, they're just they look really really good out there. So I'm you know I'm excited. To see what's going to happen next. So you're telling me they look good without Dwayne Wade and Rajon Rondo? Shocking! I know, I know. Boy, I'd love to have yeah. those guys back. <laughs> I'll tell you. Well, Rondo's going to get brought up here soon. But uh, before we move into the topic it. of the show, well, we got a there, there's a bit of a of a kerfuffle, a scramble, if you will. Okay, okay, and, and go ahead. Between Houston and, and the Clippers, there a little bit. It was a little bit of a kerfuffle. A little bit. And then you have a Flalo getting stuck in a standing guillotine. Uh, in, in another game, but uh, NBA fights are the best. So I'm just gonna kind of like lump all of these together because we, we we spoke about or you you two spoke about an episode I was absent on about the influx of ejections we've been seeing and technicals and the lack of communications between the refs and the coaches and the players and it's starting to get really contentious and I think the players in turn are trying to start to see like what can we get away with what are they going to call us on because even when you look at how Westbrook got ejected uh, he took a series of hits going to the rim Came down hard. Granted, there's no contact on him coming down, but him going to the rim, he took a couple of bumps. Uh, you could have, like, typically, I think three years ago, you would have seen a foul called on that drive. And then he gets up, kind of asks where the call is, gets two quick technicals, gets ejected. Billy Donovan, who literally just looks at the ref, who's standing at a distance from the referee, looks at him and goes, hey, what happened? And he got t- uh, a technical. And it's starting... It's almost like the refs, and you've heard Carmelo Anthony be like, I'm done with these refs, like, especially after that game. Uh, we're starting to see the game get a little chippy. Uh, I think it's there's a lot of no calls. I think it's increasing the physicality of the game, which is something we've wanted, but since, you know, the post, like, early 2000s. But uh, we're starting to kind of see a tipping point between the players and the referees, and it's starting to spill over, I think, into increased physicality amongst the players. So, do you think this is a good image for the league that, like, almost every night, not every night, but at least once a week, it seems like someone's getting ejected or players are getting randomly teed up or there's fights? Uh, have you got, like, what what's in the water this season? So, if I may, I'm going to further my point I've been making for, you know, five or six weeks now. If all these things are happening in NBA games or happening in the NFL... America would be going fucking crazy about how exciting it is that all this is happening. But since it's the NBA, they're going, oh, that's just ridiculous. I really need to calm that down. No, I love it. I love the tenacity. I love the intensity. I don't necessarily love the referees trying to have, like, ref shows. Uh, That's not my thing. I don't like that. But I like that these guys are showing how much they care night in and night out, where everyone says, you know, the regular season doesn't matter. It's all about just getting April and playing through June, which is still probably for the most part true but these dudes are getting into it man and it's making it fun um 
You know, it's not Malice at the Palace by any stretch, which I think Sean would no. really like to see a Malice at the Palace again, I'm sure. But um, it's still fun. And I, I, I'm not one to see guys get ejected just for no stupid reason like Russell Westbrook did. But right. I do love that you're seeing how much these guys really give a shit about their profession. Yeah, and, and just to just to pitch this to you guys, the top post on the NBA subreddit uh, currently is All-Star Weekend Idea. This is just from a user Swagger. D-E-I-S-O Swagger. Uh, I apparently can't read. But All-Star Weekend Idea. Coaches versus refs basketball game that is officiated by Draymond Green, DeMarcus Cousins, and James Harden. Yes! <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch that. Yes. You had me at coaches versus refs, but then you throw in those three officiating. But so, Sean, what's your uh, what's your? How do you feel about this? The increased physicality of the NBA as, as a more of an old school, uh, old school fan that you are, and everything. Like, does this excite you? Is this too much? Is this a bad look? Like, are you, do you want to eat your cake and have it too with this? What What are you feeling? Is it a good look? Yes, you. I want. I want to see passionate players out there playing, and I think Golden State has just pissed everyone off so much that everybody's everybody really wants to be good and they want to win and they can't. And you have like these few good teams that you know are at the top right now. So you see all of these players, these players that really give a shit, the Russell Westbrooks of the of the world, John Walls. Uh, the guys that, that really, really want to win, but they don't ever really have the proper tools to do it. Or maybe they had the tools, but they just barely didn't get there, you know. But, uh, you know, I think... I, I don't think there needs to be another Malice in the Palace, okay? As much as I would love to watch another one, there doesn't need to be another <laughs> one for the sake of the NBA. I can't tell... If, if, if I was going to tell you how many clips of anything basketball-related I have watched more than of over the last 15 years, it's been that clip over and over. And I always right. seek out really good quality ones. I'm always hoping, like, a really, like, nice 1080p copy exists someplace out there. Somebody had a DVR back then and, and recorded it to, like, a you know, some kind of high-definition device, <laughs> just so just so it is preserved for reviewing pleasure for years to come. How many episodes of Bum Fights do you own? <laughs> none, none. If, uh, <laughs> no, no, bum ca- no Bum Fights, just the, uh, the first f- four, uh, four best-ofs of Cheaters, well, which is just as good. Yeah, it's mostly the same. Uh, <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll move on here to, to topic of the show. Uh, so there's, eh, there's some, there's some knowledge gaps here, obviously, in, in terms of what we understand or what's been said, cause this has been kind of brewing for a while, but it's, it's, it's been brimming recently and it's kind of spilling over into, into the news feeds, uh, a lot today and then yesterday too. So Isaiah Thomas traded from the Celtics to the Cavs, kind of basically short notice, didn't, you know. Didn't really get a heads up outside of, hey, I traded you. Uh, at some point, requested or Danny Ainge came and said, hey, we want to do this, whatever. It doesn't matter. The idea was made, or the idea was was, was thought up to do an Isaiah Thomas, like, thank you video when the Cavs rolled in. Probably 
would have been for the first game of the season. Isaiah Thomas doesn't play that game. <clears throat> so they, you know, kind of like brainstorm, like, all right, next time the Cavs are in town, we'll do the Isaiah Thomas thank you video. And that's February 11th, which is also Paul Pierce Jersey Retirement Day. This has created a bit of uh, some spotlight stealing, I guess, depending on who you ask, that they've agreed, like, hey, February 11th, we're going to do this, uh, you'll get your thank you video, it's also Paul Pierce retirement, like, Jersey Retirement Day, and, like, celebrating his career with us, and everything, and a lot of talking heads and sports pundits, and Celtics players, i.e. Rajon Rondo and Kevin Garnett, aren't thrilled with the idea so just to pull just to pull some quotes here isaiah thomas has actually since rescinded his desire or or necessity for a thank you video but uh rajan rondo was quoted saying something along the lines of uh let's see rajan rondo unhappy this is from bleacher report uh this is from uh, Rob Goldberg's article. It's Rajon Rondo unhappy Celtics plan to honor Isaiah Thomas. While there was controversy over when the Boston Celtics would honor Isaiah Thomas with a tribute video, Rajon Rondo doesn't think the former guard deserves any recognition. Quote, What has he done? Rondo asked, per Bill Doyle of the Worcester Telegram and Gazette. He also didn't seem to be impressed by the fact Thomas led the Celtics to the Eastern Conference Finals last season, again saying, quote, this is the Boston Celtics. This isn't the Phoenix Suns. No disrespect to any other organization, but you don't hang conference titles. Do we hang going to the conference finals? What do we hang here? So, uh, that that was Rondo's take. That's Gar- kind of brutal. Yeah. It's very uh, wrong. Uh, yeah. Gar- Kevin Garnett actually kind of, I think, shit on him uh, a little a little harder. And it was something along the lines of Isaiah who? Uh, man, this old Boston guys. I love this. <laughs> oh, man. They're, just, God, they're, they're just, so salty. They are yeah. so salty. They are the last of the salty. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah so uh, I just, I feel bad, right? Because like, sure. You don't want to take away from someone like Paul Pierce, who is at this point, <clears throat> a legend of Celtics lore. Best Celtic uh, of the 2000s, I'd say. Yeah, granted, someone put up a stat comparison showing that Isaiah Thomas's 2016-2017 season was better than any season of Paul Pierce's career. Also true. Uh, so, wow. Kevin Garnett's official quote was, Isaiah who? Hell no, you're damn right you're not sharing your night with him, talking about Pierce. Here's, so, the, here's, here's the problem with all of that. Okay, first of all, he... The stuff that he did last year was incredible. Sure. Absolutely incredible. And on top of that, he had a death in his family and still came out and gave it his all. He did not have to. I, If I was him, I would not have played. I just, it wouldn't have happened. Sure. For sure. Played through so, the hip injury so as well. To, and played with a hip injury. He probably shouldn't have been playing, period, with the hip injury. And then on top of that, the, the death of his sister. I mean, uh, it takes... Uh, you know, it takes a lot of heart to come out and do that and then sure. get traded. You know, I... After recruiting the free agent pickup that they, after that they also, got. Also, yeah, we'll, we'll throw that in there as well. So, yes, after adding their, their big free agents. So, I mean, um, it's uh, it's 
it's kind of sad that it's come to this. Now, Tim, I'm going to so. turn you. I'm going to turn you loose here in just a second. I just want to spit my two cents in on this. I don't necessarily disagree that maybe the timing is bad on this. Uh, I think Paul Pierce should probably take the day over Isaiah Thomas. But my thing is, is that this is a thank you video. This is a two, maybe three minute, like, video that no one else needs to see other than the attendees of the game. You can play it during a TV timeout. You could literally play it during, like, someone stacking plates on their head during halftime. It's not going to take away from anything. They're not going to sit there and raise Paul Pierce's jersey to the rafters and then go, now please turn to your attention as we commemorate Isaiah Thomas. Like, I think the two things could exist together and separately at the same time. But Tim, I'm turning you loose. Well, that was actually my point is that Damn it. Um, I completely agree with that completely because, you know, it's going to be at the most two, three minutes of Isaiah time. He gets the chance to get the standing ovation. He gets the wave. Game game continues. Um, Paul Pierce, you know, like I said, I do fully believe he's the best Celtic of the 2000s. I think that, you know, his legacy he put there, everything he did, you know, being the orchestrator of the big three, really doing the first super team, but no one ever talks about it because of those trades, but they had no trade clauses they had to accept to go there anyway. But that's just, you know, opinions. Um, but um, the other thing you got to talk about is Paul Pierce has had, like, 14 tribute videos in the Garden since he left Boston. So he goes back with Brooklyn. Him and, Carver, him and Kevin Garnett share one. Um, obviously, you know, the last game there in the Garden as a Clipper. There is the whole, like, final three at the end of the game. He's had sure. so many moments at the Garden since he left. And he's deserved that. By all means, completely deserved that. But I think that he's just being a little dramatic here. Um... And he's so bad on TV, and that doesn't help. <laughs> God, he's so bad on TV. He tried to say that Andre Drummond was better than Anthony Davis, and that was infuriating. Mm. Um, but I um, I fully believe in respect and understand where he's coming from. I just think he really needs to think of this like in a bigger situation that is literally going to be three minutes of the day. He gets the rest of the day. This is Paul Pierce's day, and Isaiah Thomas just so happens to be playing at that moment. Um you know, if you remember when the Knicks went to Chicago last year, Derek Rose and Joakim Noah had a video tribute, and it wasn't like they were like, no, we don't want to share this. Right, but at the same time, though, they weren't, like, also honoring Red Kerr. You know, I, I, think, Fair. I think that's Fair. I think that's where the, the conflict lies, is it's not so much that they want to do a Thank You Isaiah video, it's that they didn't get to do it the first game of the season, and this is their only other opportunity, and it's just a schedule mix-up. And it's weird to me that I, I think I think the Garnett quote for sure, but that and the Rondo quote may have come out after Isaiah Thomas has been like, I, you know what, this is creating too much controversy. I'm good. I don't need it. And Rondo's blows my mind because, yeah, he was a great point guard for that team, but, like, come on, man. He's the guy that's probably gonna be honored for his tenure in Boston too. He was awesome for that for that deck for that tenure he had there. Yeah, and I mean he did he did his job well, just the same as Isaiah Thomas did his job well. I just I think the circumstances are different. Like I said, where Thomas kind of just got traded, it was just like thanks, but bye. Whereas everybody else, they were like, hey, we just can't afford you. If we're talking about like Rondo, Pierce, Allen, Garnett, you know, they were kind of unceremoniously 
disbanded, but it was expected. With with the Thomas situation, it's just it's just bad timing, and I don't think Fair. it needs this much like negative light. I think the two, like I said, could have happened at the same time. Uh, I don't wholly see what the big deal is. If you don't want to, if you don't think Isaiah Thomas was that great of a Celtic, just fucking say it. But it's a situation where I don't think it deserved this much backlash. Yeah, I agree, especially considering when they got Isaiah Thomas, they were still supposed to be rebuilding, and he completely took them out of that rebuild and put them back, you know, led them to be back to a playoff team. I know there's Avery Bradley there, who's been really good, for, who was really good for them for a long time, but Isaiah Thomas kind of took them out of that shell that they were in for a couple of years there, post the trade, post the Pearson Garnett trade, and that's where I think he totally deserves this. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to kind of like get your get your feelings on that because a lot of feelings are getting hurt. It feels like, but uh, I don't know how many more times I can say feels. Feels. But yeah, I mean, my my stance on it, I think, is is pretty in line. Where it's just uh, I don't know, bad timing, bad circumstance. They the two could have existed. You could have done it during the starting lineups. Like I don't even think that would have been hard. Like when you announce Isaiah Thomas, if he starts that game, you just roll them out with some Celtics highlights. How awesome of a troll job would that be if Tyrod Lewis started Derek Rose instead of, Ty- instead of Isaiah that game? Right? I mean, fuck, he can. It doesn't matter. But, uh, yeah, I just I wanted to get, you know, do you guys have anything you want to throw in on that? You guys said all that needs to be said. I don't right. think, I don't mm-hmm. think, uh, yeah, I, this, this whole thing seems kind of petty. <laughs> The right. Celtics. We, we've Good dedicated day. a lot. We've dedicated a lot to petty stuff on this podcast today. <laughs> I love it. We haven't talked we... about Chris Paul's tunnel run yet. Ah, uh, God. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. So, so the best comment from that whole thing was, <laughs> oh, "Look, Chris Paul led his team to something." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. I just, I, I love the tweets that were like coming out of the woodwork during that whole thing. Me too. Like, Waj was like really on top of it. Like, oh, and you know, he, he knew it was kind of a bullshit story, but he was kind of going with it anyway. And I, I still think, I think the whole thing's kind of getting blown out of proportion. The thing that was the funniest comment that I read was one of the Clippers players were like, they're not going to fight us. Yeah. And it's true. He's like classic NBA. They're not going to fight us, you know? And it's true. They just, th- there's been, didn't this happen a couple years ago with, like, Kendrick Perkins or something? It just seems like something that yeah, would happen with Kendrick Perkins. They didn't have Clint Capella go to the main door and have Chris Paul, James Harden, and Trevor Reza stick it's, to the back door. My, it's, my, come, my, it's, my, it's, come out, it's come out that it wasn't Capella, it was uh, it was Tariq Black. Oh, oh. That makes- oh, so <laughs> that's some bad reporting then. The thing that was funny about that was they were like, the uh, female security officer just looked at him and closed the door in his face. <laughs> you know, like you, that was that was it. Did you see the clip of uh, on Inside the NBA of Shaq and Barkley when they're like cracking up because they're like they called the cops on them? <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know this stuff. You know this stuff probably happened all the time before. You know, like it's like yeah. You know, we uh, we went back and gave him some words, and you know, we didn't fight or nothing, but my f- they knew we weren't happy. <laughs> my favorite was the 2010 finals when the Celtics lose to the Lakers in Game Seven, and Rasheed Wallace is hanging outside the officiating locker room at the Staples Center, just saying, "I just want to talk. I just want to talk." 
That I remember. I remember that. <laughs> and 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 that is so classic Sheed. Yeah. Well, before we wrap up, let's end let's end each episode as we do every episode with what's what's got us up, what's got us down. Again, really need to come up with a better name for this. So, uh I'll start with with my positive. I just want to briefly probably not to the surprise of you guys cuz I've been I've been saying it all week. I would like to talk about the last few games Lou Williams has been having. Uh partially because I I've got a bit of a half chub for him cuz he's on my fantasy team, but I've and I've been reaping all of the benefits from this. So this is just over his last 5 games. Versus Atlanta, Lou Williams puts up 34 points, 4 assists, 3 rebounds. At Golden State, 50 points, 7 assists, 2 rebounds. Sacramento, 30 points, 2 steals, 6 assists. uh, Sacramento, again, this is a home-and-home. 26 points, 4 steals, 2 assists, a rebound. And Houston, 31 points, 9 assists, 3 rebounds. Now, I know Austin Rivers has been hurt. The Clippers have kind of been frequently injured. But dude is averaging 31 minutes a game, just shy of 32. And is putting up 23 points a game. And what is probably... 23 and 5 assists. Uh, probably the best sixth, arguably sixth man season I've seen since Ben Gordon's rookie year. So that's my, that's my who's, who's impressing me is, is Mr. Lou Williams. I I love how you brought up Ben Gordon. It just makes me happy. <laughs> let's not, let's never forget about the legacy of Ben freaking Gordon. That's a guy who needs oh, a video man. tribute. He needs uh, seven of them. That guy, that, so apparently he's not doing well. Like, uh. There was some article, I, I, I don't want to try and, like, fudge through a bunch of internet links to try and find it, but he's uh, he's apparently kind of, like, mentally a bit unstable right now. That's really know. sad. It is. It's it's very sad. So He's, he's one of my, my favorite bulls of all time. Yeah, he was great. So, he, was, he, was, he was not appreciated. No. Sean, I'll, I'll, I'll pass it to you, though. So, what's, uh... What's got you up? What's got? It was a felony robbery charge. Uh, he was arrested on. Oh, you know what? That is uh, that is right. I totally late, remember. Late November. I totally remember reading about that. That's uh, that's crazy. Uh, what has got me up right now is uh, De'Aaron Fox. He's actually uh, starting to play well right now. Yes, he is. I'm uh, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit happy for him because you know this is a guy that we had high hopes for coming out of college. You know. Stuck it to, to Lonzo Ball in the uh, in the tournament last year. I mean, he's just a he's just a great basketball player. And uh, last few games, uh, he was hurt a little bit, but he came out. Especially uh, a couple of days back, they played the Clippers, and uh, he just uh, he dished out ten assists, which I don't think he's done all season. So I mean, he's distributing the ball, um, and uh, he's putting up decent shots. Uh, he's taking better shots. Uh, and the thing that's great right now, uh, the Kings are, are kind of benching some of their veterans right now to kind of give some of those younger players some playing time, which is exactly what they need to do. Vince Carter doesn't need to be paying, you know, 25 minutes, 30 minutes a game. Like, stagger it. Stagger it a little bit. We don't, we don't, we don't need to see VC out there. Yeah. Tim? Um, so guys, I'm going to kind of go easy here. Um, I know it's so easy, but the... We all know how great Anthony Davis is, but these last two games, having back-to-back 40-point games, mm. the game he had in the Garden last night was amazing. Mm. Um, 
I know a lot of people seem to think he's going to be playing for the Celtics. He probably will, which will be irritating. Um, but um, I, I, I've been blown away by him, obviously. I really still think the Pelicans have what it takes to be the 7 or 8 seed in the West. I think that they're a good enough team. Um, Rondo's been pretty damn good for them. Uh, Drew Holiday's had a really good year. Obviously, when you have Boogie and Anthony Davis. Um, if Alvin Gentry can keep this team together through this, um, you know, I think that they could really make a decent run. I don't think they'll beat any of the top three or four teams in the West in the playoffs by any means, but I really think they can make the playoffs, and I think that would be huge for them. Well, uh, Sean or Tim, you just you just hang on to that ball then and tell us what's 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 the opposite. What what is your what is your opposite Anthony Davis right now? So from one former Hornet to the current Hornets, Jamal Mashburn. <laughs> I don't understand Alex and Sean how the Charlotte Hornets are as bad as they are. One, Dwight Howard has been really good for them. Two, Kemba Walker is awesome. Three, they are bad. Uh, I know I know they've had a lot of injuries. They're, now you say that, they're currently throttling the Wizards right now, 102-79. to Well, you know, they can have a game, and I'm glad that the they're having a game. The fourth is just now starting. <laughs> I'm glad they're having a good game for sure. Uh, we all know how much I love Kemba Walker, <laughs> but... It's just I don't understand how they're seventeen and twenty five. When you look at them on paper, when you watch them play, you know they have the most fire uniforms in the game right now. You know what I'm talking about, Alex. And I they do. Are, I know what you're talking about. They are bad. They should not be this bad. They're you know they're looking at a like high lo- high to mid lottery mid to high lottery right now, and I think that they could be a lot better than that. I'm just being honest, like Outcast. Like right now, Dwight Howard is sixteen and fifteen in that game, and he's been having decent games like that throughout the year. Uh, Nicholas Batumov being on the team, you would think would be a help for them. Um, you know they have you know Jeremy Lamb who has been decent for them. Uh, Michael Kidd Gilchrist has have is had good games. Marvin Williams has been a solid player. Uh, Malik Monk has been in and out of the out of the G League. Him and Dwayne Bacon. I just I don't get it. And you know Steve Clifford was gone for a little while too. But I need my Hornets to step this up, man. All right, well, Sean, what uh, what, what have you got? What am I, what am I not liking right now? Yeah, what are you not liking? I'm not liking the Cavs at all. I don't know what they're gonna do. <laughs> I know we talk about this literally every week, and it is a, it is a story to talk about every single week. Um, sorry, I'm a little bit excited because I saw they're the league's most interesting team for sure. They, they, oh, they are, yeah, and it's, and I, I don't know what they're gonna do. I, this whole, all this nonsense that they're saying about. You know, some of the players went to management the other day or, you know, commented to management they need to make a change. And it's like, this is the oldest team in the league right now, okay? And and any other year that wasn't a year where Golden State and the Warriors were were dominating basketball, I, I still think, you know, nine times out of ten the Cavs are going to win the title. They have enough talent to compete. They have enough talent to, to win another title. They're still, I'm still... Hanging on to them, I still think they're going to win this year. I really do. I know. I know we we're not thinking it right now, but they'll figure it out. They're the Cavs. They have LeBron. He's the best player on the freaking planet. <laughs> so you know. So yeah, I'm with you. Are, are, you know what? And they and they should not. Here's the thing. The point of being an NBA team is to win cha- championships, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's the sole purpose. Do you go ahead and and. You know the key question is: Do you go ahead and jeopardize your future, trade away that Brooklyn pick for DeAndre Jordan, win another title, LeBron leaves, and then you're stuck with the Antoine Jameson team? 
Just for another, just for one more championship, do you? I guess you do. Yeah, I think you do. Because um, you do. But I will say this, man. I, I know they lost to the Warriors twice. I'm not extremely discouraged by that because if you take out the two cold streaks they had, and the first game was in the third quarter, and the, la- the Monday night's game was in the fourth quarter, they very well could have won those games. They just had two cold streaks where they couldn't hit anything for a while. And if you if you do that against the Warriors, you're guaranteed to lose. Well, I hope that's not the case with the Bulls tonight because they are they're sticking they're it hard right it now. Right there, now. Was, there, there was a Miritich, a Miritich blocked a fast break dunk from Kevin Durant, ran to the other side of the court while Durant was still on the floor, and then hit a three. Yep, and Chris Dunn is hitting baskets. I, I love it. Now, but by the by the time this episode airs, uh, the Golden State Warriors will have won. You guys know that. So, but. Sure. <laughs> but uh, I am I, I they are playing up to pace right now, and I also Jordan Bell is uh, he's just got a sprained left ankle, so he is okay. If you if you heard our, at the beginning of the podcast that he went down, he is he is he is okay. So I think he'll be back hopefully soon. And uh, you know I don't wish anything on him because even though he's Mister Hashtag Cash Considerations, <laughs> so wrapping up. My, my my down stuff. I I don't want to touch on it more than we already have. Uh, I would just I, I it's like a shared it's a shared space here. I'd like to see the refs have some consistency, and I'd like to see the Celtics to be a little less grumpy. Uh, nothing really stood out to me this week outside of those two things. I just would like to see some some consistent refereeing, or at least some communication. I know there's supposed to be a meeting at some point with uh, the players' association heads and the refs about kind of like what's going on. Uh, so we'll have more news from that, you know, once it occurs. I think it's near the All-Star break. Uh, other than that, this has been 48 Minutes. It does post each and every week on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Check us out at 48minutesnetwork.com. Go to your podcast service of choice. Subscribe. Write us a review. Give us five stars. Share us with your family. It goes a long way into helping us keep these mics on for you each and every week. And as always, thank you, Tim. Thank you, Sean. Heal Hayward. Storm the tunnels.